And then you told me that McDonald's hamburgers were made for emu meat. <laughs> you remember that? Why would you say that? Are they really made with emu meat? They would have been if I kept growing or if I kept going. Have you had a, have you, have you, have you talked to a therapist about it? About the emus? <laughs> not, not about the emus, no. Holy fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah. No. About the fact that you... That it... No, that why would that... you lost your virginity to an emu. No. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't long before the story of John's little miracle was sweeping the nation. Out of a Boston suburb comes what is, without a doubt, the most incredible story. Uh, yup. Great. Fantastic. Okay, now you count to a hundred, and then you try to find me, okay? Uh, do I need to wash my hands before I play this game? Yeah, you, no. You, that's a weird friggin' question. No, just start counting. The old man grabbed me and said, hey, smoke up, Johnny! My name is John, John Ares. This guy over here's name is Big Sloppy. And welcome to the Fuse from the John <laughs> podcast, episode number 58. 58. Can you believe it? That's awesome. 58 episodes in. And it's Josh, by the way. What did you think of me calling you Big Sloppy? I don't know. You like that name? I like Sloppy Joes. Those are awesome. I came up with that name when I was on the phone with somebody we both know <laughs> before you got here. Big Sloppy. I said, hey man, I gotta run. Big Sloppy's about to get here. Just flew out of my mouth. I just called you Big Sloppy. All right. That's that's the first two things I thought of when I thought you. Sweet. I said, shit, I got to go. Thanks, man. Big Sloppy is about to be here. <laughs> uh, anyways, welcome, everybody, to episode uh, 58. We got a uh, interesting and different uh, format, uh, you know, than uh, you might be used to. And... Uh, uh, it's going to be a great one, folks. Um, we're just going to concentrate basically on three topics today, and then we're going to dive deep down each one of those topics. The three topics are alcohol, dating, and being in a band. Yeah. We are musicians, so we've been in a lot of bands. We've toured. We've played shows. Uh, if, you've, if you have any idea what it's like to be in a band, you might be interested in that. Yeah. If you have no idea what it's like to be in a band, you're going to want to stick around because it's insane. It's like being married to five people. Literally. It's like having to yes. have a relationship with minus the sex with like four or five different people, however many yeah. people are in the band. Try doing that and having a job and having a relationship and touring. And, you know, unless you get signed or get huge, you're pretty much paying to play. Yep. The equipment cost a lot of money. Uh, alcohol, I don't really drink anymore. It's more of a social thing. 
this guy makes moonshine in his bathtub? No, I don't. No? <laughs> All right. I wish I did. I'd probably have like a little good side gig going on. Would you? I think so. But yeah, I don't really drink too much anymore. Right. But I will. Right. You know? Kill a lot of people. I just, uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I don't. Drinking's just not on my docket each day. I'm a social drinker. Yeah. Uh, if I get into that situation, you know, I'll, you know, socially drink. But it, like I said, there's no alcohol in my house right now. No? There's none. Not a drop. I don't need it. What do you like to drink? Like, what's your... <sighs> if we were going to start drinking right now, mm -hmm. I love just chilled bourbon. Chilled bourbon? Yeah. Any, any specific type of bourbon? Like Jack. Jack Daniels is fine with me. That's a whiskey. Jack Daniels. Actually, it's a bourbon. It's a whiskey bourbon. All right. All right. I'll give it to you. Yeah, you should because I was a bartender, dude. <laughs> I bartended in Charleston, South Carolina at a bar that had 10 stations. Yeah? Yeah. All and right. the entire night. I'm not a big fan of bourbons. I love bourbons. That's what I drink straight up. But, you know, if I also, I'm sorry, you know, when I was a teenager, I'd take whatever was around. Mm -hmm. We would just take the cheapest vodka we could oh, find absolutely. and just down it. <laughs> It didn't matter. No, no chaser, no nothing. Nothing. Now, it's like as an adult, I get to choose whether it's a warm, natty ice that's been in my trunk when the as a teenager, as opposed yeah. to now, I can go to the store and I can get like a Guinness. A Guinness. I love a Guinness. <laughs> um, I wish I could have Guinness over in Ireland where I hear it's just insanely good. Yeah. Like the American stuff is just not the same over I, there i pictured you as a zima guy <laughs> yeah. well hey if that's what i could get my hands on when we were young yeah i drank it absolutely yeah you know uh i you know if all we could get our hands on when we were teenagers was wine coolers peppermint schnapps we would get oh. wine coolers or peach schnapps <laughs> whoops didn't matter well i'm hitting everything here yeah i think i've hit everything but the ceiling fan above me um so yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. So anyways, we're gonna be delving into alcohol, and we're gonna be so. delving into the topic of dating, literally every aspect of dating from top to bottom. Lovely. So let's dive right in. I think we're let's let's stick on the alcohol mm -hmm. because you know you're currently actually drinking alcohol. Yeah. Which uh, I thought after the first experience we had on the podcast with Josh <laughs> drinking, that was the last experience. He's like, no, just one, just one, I promise. Okay. No, nah, I just got one today. Let's just make sure, yeah, because the last time you drank in here, you were saying like, oh, we're going to be watching Rosemary Baby. <laughs> we're going to watch Rosemary Baby after this. I'm not driving home. Oh, you were, you were saying Rosemary Baby. It's Rosemary's baby. <laughs> Rosemary baby. Rosemary baby. We're going to watch Rosemary baby. All right, all right, all right. I got you. So, yeah, wine coolers. Wine coolers. So, anyways, let's. why don't we do our best, worst, and first experiences with alcohol? All right. Okay? Because we could talk about alcohol the entire podcast, right? Yeah, we could. Okay, so I'll start. Sure, go for My it. My first experience uh, with alcohol is... Uh, it started off as a wine cooler or two around the holidays. All right. When I was like 14 or 15. Do you remember what type of wine cooler it was? Uh, I don't know. It Strawberry? Was, it was always around the holidays. Kiwi? Yeah, probably. It was always around the holidays. Um, I was young. I was only like 14. Mm -hmm. Hadn't even gotten drunk yet or whatever. Uh, but around the holidays, my dad was cool enough to be like, 
take a wine cooler, you know, on like Christmas Eve or whatever. And the only reason we'd have wine coolers is because my aunt liked them. So my dad got like, you know, two, four packs of peach, whatever, yeah. you know, so I'd have a couple wine coolers and I'd feel so cool and I'd get like a little buzz and I was like, I like this, you know? <laughs> so that was my first experience of it. But dude, um, my first hardcore experience Sure. And you could probably chalk this up there with one of my worst when we get to the worst. But my first real experience with alcohol, we were really, really dumb. And let me tell you how <laughs> dumb we were with yeah. alcohol in hopes that there might be somebody out there that maybe hasn't drank yet that'll understand what I'm trying to tell you that won't make the same mistake we did. Okay. So around the age of 16, um, I was dating this lady uh, by the name of Melissa. I was with my good buddy, Jason, and uh, he was on a first date with her good friend. Okay. So there was four of us. Cool. My parents are out of town. It's the month of October. It's a double date. Nice. We're at my parents' house. They're out of town. We're going to go uh, on a uh, haunted hayride. So we decide we're going to drink, right? Right. We want to get a little buzzed up. The only person that's got her license is Melissa. She's 17. The rest of us are 16 and 15. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, my parents have a liquor cabinet or used to pretty much every alcohol is in there. Every hard alcohol. So we pick out a hard alcohol and we just start passing around the bottle. Hmm. We just all keep swigging it. One shot here to go, blah, blah, blah. And after we passed around the bottle, maybe five or six times, it had maybe been five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. You feeling it? And we said, uh, shh, we don't feel nothing. <laughs> What's up with this alcohol, man? So why don't we all take another five, six shots? Oh, boy. And then after 10 minutes, nobody's feeling nothing. But we're like, all right, one shot, you know, one more for the road. <laughs> We put the liquor and we start driving over uh, across the bridge into the hills, you know, to go on a haunted hayride. Nice. And uh, that's when it started to hit us that uh, every shot you take, every beer takes about 20 minutes for it to kick in. Mm -hmm. We didn't know that. <laughs> so we just kept drinking, thinking that we weren't doing it like drinking enough. Right. So by the time it actually kicked in, we had zero tolerance because we had never drank before and we had all probably taken 11, 12 shots. <laughs> Thankfully, my girlfriend at the time, Melissa, who was driving, who was 17, she had more experience than we did. She only took a couple. Mm -hmm. Why she didn't warn us that we were taking way too much, I have no idea. But so she was okay. But yeah. the rest of us, I was right by the time we hit the bridge, leaving my parents' place, which isn't far from here, um, the two in the back, Melissa and Jason, are puking out the back window. <laughs> I'm right on the verge of it. Oh. I mean, I'm talking near blackout, spinning, just uncomfortably drunk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but not puking yet, but the two in the back are. Yeah. And that's my whole point. Our first experience with it is we drank way too much because we didn't know that it takes time to kick in. Right. You've got to pace yourself and go slow. We didn't know that. And as a result of it, the whole night got ruined. Right. We made it. By the time we made it to the farm, everybody was sick, blacked out, just hanging out the door. No hayride? Yeah. So no hayride. We all had to go home. <laughs> 
and uh, I actually remember what year it was because my friend Jason wow. had to spend the night. Mm -hmm. He didn't tell his mom he was spending the night, <clears throat> but because he was so shit-faced, he had to. Like, he couldn't go home in the condition <laughs> he was in, right? Right. So I remember him calling uh, from my telephone and saying that uh, we had gone to see a late movie and that he was just super tired and so were the other drivers and you know it was just best that we stay mm -hmm. you know and his mother's like what movie did you see and he's like Shawshank Redemption <laughs> and I and I still remember that to this day because he slurred out like Shawshank Redemption but that's what was in the theaters that's like Shawshank Redemption and that was 1994 wow. so yeah it was the fall of 1994 I was six <laughs> 16 and uh, drank way too much, way too quick. And wow. we all got super, super, super sick. Wow. What about you? What's your first experience? My first experience uh, was probably with my father working on his Cadillac in the garage. It was like eight or nine. So I was young. It's first eight or nine? Yeah. Coors Light. Just one beer. You had one beer? Yeah. At eight or nine? Yeah. And I was feeling pretty good. Did you get messed up? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Uh, my uncle there was there too, and he was actually he's the one that caught me. He's like, "Hey, jo hey, dad," or you know, his brother. He's like, hey, your son got a hold of the course. And he's like, "Ah, whatever." So, <laughs> your son got a hold of the course. <laughs> Did your father admit that uh, it was him and not you? No, no, no. I, I'm sure he doesn't even remember. No, no, no. But it was a cool little experience for me. How about your? Uh, how about your worst? My worst that I was the worst that I had it, or like the best, like most the best time you've ever had with that. All right, um, oh man, there's tons. I did keg stands, like, I had like eight people picking me up at certain times in my life. Just I'd imagine that's at least how many it would take. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure if they had a forklift there, they'd do it. Hey, everybody, big sloppy's going, big sloppy's going for oh <laughs> man. <laughs> We used to go to parties, though, bonfires, everywhere, my buddy's house, and we just get tanked and just drive home. Yeah, here's a little secret to other people <laughs> that might be watching in different parts of the country. Even though we're from Massachusetts, yeah. which if you look at an election map, it's very blue, mm -hmm. you would think that everybody in the state is super blue, and it's like a, it's like a huge city. Right. But, you know... There's a lot of country. A there's lot of a country. lot of country in Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, if anyone knows Aaron Lewis, mm -hmm. the lead singer of Stained, right? Yeah. He's out in the boonies. He's uh, super, he was. He's super country. He went country. Mm -hmm. Now he lives down in uh, Nashville or somewhere in Tennessee. Yeah. But he went super country. He's basically from the same area we are, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are country people in Massachusetts. Um I don't know what the point of that was. I don't know. But, yeah. Um, but sometimes, man, if, if we had a good night, I'd always end up with puke going down the side of my truck by somebody. So, yeah, you know what? Somebody had a good night. Considering that I'm <laughs> petrified of throwing up, yeah. um, I tend to, uh, yeah, yeah, I tend to, uh, those are my worst experiences. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Anytime I got so wasted. But I don't know. There was also a point that, uh, you know, that's, that's, I don't know. Like when you're drunk, at least for me, mm -hmm. because your inhibitions go down so much, you right. don't care as much about the, uh, about the, uh, 
puking because you're drinking. Right. You know? I, I look at the worst part of drinking is, you know, it's a downer. So, you know, if you're going through a rough spell and you got a hold of drinking, it, it puts you into a dark place. Well, that's the thing, too, is that, I've... Uh, that would be my worst. I've never been... Uh, I've never been like a... Uh, like, you know, there's happy drunks, they call them. I'm, I'm more of a happy guy. Yeah, I've always been a happy-go-lucky drunk. I've yeah. ne- but some people, when they drink, they just go dark instantly. Yeah. You know, I've never been that kind of guy. Even if I'm in a dark place, I think drinking would only make me happier. But <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've had a couple spots. I don't, uh, I don't turn to that. Yeah. Uh, my best experience with alcohol is literally... I don't know too many to list, man. I mean, al- I mean, alcohol really is the perfect social yeah. lubricant. You know, any of your inhibitions or things that might make you uh, self-conscious or nervous a couple drinks in, that stuff just melts away, you know? So, I mean, alcohol really is. I mean, they like to say that, like, weed is a gateway drug, yeah. and I've always disagreed nah, with that. It's alcohol, man. Man, um, you know, I'll give you two examples. I don't use drugs. Have I used <laughs> drugs before in my life? Well, yeah, I'm 42 years old. I've experimented with a lot of shit, nothing yeah. heavy. But the only <laughs> thing I do these days, both of which is legal, is a little bit of weed mm-hmm. and a little bit of uh, alcohol, right? And I can tell you unequivocally, when I smoke weed, all I want to do is giggle or watch a movie or write music or play music, right? <laughs> when I drink alcohol, yeah. the demons start coming out. Right. And the more I drink, the more, especially when I'm like in a social setting, like back before COVID started, mm-hmm. if I'm out at the bar or doing stand up with my buddies and I start drinking and I start drinking <laughs> and I start drinking and then uh, I start wanting a cigarette yeah. and I quit smoking cigarettes, uh, you know, like up over two years ago. And uh, then I start wanting to make other phone calls. <laughs> yeah. If you know what I'm saying. Right. So um, it, it's just alcohol to me is the gateway drug yeah not weed yeah I've <laughs> another good part of my experience i i ran down the middle of the street naked <laughs> the cities local cities yeah <laughs> that was pretty fun yeah I think, the, I think it was during winter time too it was kind of chilly just remind me just don't <laughs> don't ever do that when we're drinking together please no nah. nah, those days are over yeah uh, hopefully right <laughs> But uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> let me let me tell you about. Uh, yeah, man. I don't. I don't. I don't really. I don't really trust myself per se. Yeah, with, really. You know, like with drinking. Um, there's a certain limit that I get where those inhibitions really start to slip away, mm-hmm. and I start to say effort to things that I normally wouldn't say effort to. Right. And we're talking good things that you should say effort to right you know what i'm saying what would that be like like drinking and driving right yeah um you know doing stuff you're not supposed to right you know i mean you know alcohol just leads to more stuff jumping in the river at but let me tell you let, let me tell you about my personal worst situation i've ever experienced having to do with alcohol mm-hmm. and it wasn't me that was on alcohol it was just involving alcohol. All right. And this is a nutty one. Uh, me and my buddy, we were only, uh, I would say, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And we were at our local mall one Friday night to go see movies. 
typically one parent would uh, drive us there for the movie. Mm-hmm. Another parent would be responsible for picking us up. So after a movie one Friday night, uh, we were waiting on my buddy's dad to pick us up. You all right? Yeah. All right. We were waiting for my buddy's dad to pick me up, and uh, uh, he was late. We were out there for a while. It was cold. Finally, he pulls up in his pickup truck, and uh, we can clearly tell that he's wasted. Uh Uh-oh. I mean, wasted. You can smell it. He's slurring his words. He's an angry kind of drunk guy. Yeah. And uh, this is like a two-wheel drive V8 pickup truck Mm -hmm. uh with a like a four-speed manual i think it might have had so uh you know three of us in a pickup truck i sat in the middle so we were pretty crowded and when i say he went down uh dude he was passing cars going 100 miles an hour it's crazy I got a familiar we, stories with like that. We were absolutely terrified. Yeah. We were afraid to say anything, afraid to do anything. He was, he had no reason to be going as fast as he was. Like, I mean, like, I think the speed limit was 40, and this is like a major route mm-hmm. around here. So it was just constant cars, and he's just going like this with this pickup truck, just all over the road. And it got to the point where we were maybe three miles away from um, getting home. And at that point, I, I want to say me and him had had enough, and we started speaking up. And he actually got angry, yeah. locked up the brakes, and said, you, pointed at me and said, you know how to drive a manual, manual transmission, don't you? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you drive us home. <laughs> So I said, so I just looked at my friend and I was like, fuck it, dude. Like, yeah. you know, I would rather me at 14 get us home mm-hmm. than this guy just going nuts, dude. And yeah, I was able to drive us home. Mm-hmm. We pull into the driveway and I see his mother looking out the bay window and she sees me pull in with the dad in the middle. Yeah. And she comes outside and she's like, what the F is this? She, might have, she must have been ripping. And yeah, she was. And he gets out of the truck and he's just like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> and dude, let me tell you something. A violent domestic fight yeah, broke I, out. I bet. Where uh, I believe um, he punched, uh, like the father ended up punching the mother, I believe, in the stomach punched my buddy in the face he took me by the neck and he pinned me up against the wall and he was like doing this in my face thinking back because i can still remember a clear as day this this is what was 94 93 92 this is a long time ago but i can still picture it clear as day dude yeah and i don't know why i didn't have the confidence of the balls to just absolutely knock that guy out at that point but i was i don't know dude i was just i was scared to death so he he ended up letting me go without actually uh choking me any further or hitting me i was able to escape the house i ran to the neighbor Mm -hmm. had them dial 911 
the neighbor come running over the neighbor comes into the house trying to break up the fight that's going on and the guy's like get the fuck out of my hood who are you to come in my house? Mm -hmm. so finally the cops did get there they arrested the dude i had to uh you know fill out like a uh like a report like a police report yeah. about every detail of what went on and uh yeah man that is, that is pretty scary when you got an, an adult figure or even a parent doing that yeah and you're a kid yeah so witnessing it all it's it's traumatizing we were, we were innocent kids that got into a car with an adult drunk driver yeah and then not only that he scared the crap out of us driving home not mm -hmm. just because he was all over the road but because he was literally passing cars going 90 in a pickup truck yeah just out of control to the point where I, like i'm even like getting shook up talking <laughs> yeah. about it man like it's fucking crazy we, dude we just went down a dark road <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean to talk about it now it's just like you know yeah it's it's part of it's life it's a learning lesson learning curve yeah the lesson is if you suspect that a friend of yours or even an adult or figure parent. or parent has been drinking speak up don't get into the car yeah don't 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 do it take the keys rip them out throw them in the woods or wherever you are just throw them away it is entirely possible that in another place, in another time, he could have very well killed us on the way home. Yeah, or killed somebody else. Or, and or killed somebody else. So don't drink and drive, people. Don't pick up kids if you're a parent or an authority figure if you've been drinking. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not friggin' worth it. You know? I mean, the bottom line is, man, alcohol, like anything else, it can be great. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. I love it but you've ever uh have you ever passed out drinking like have you have you hit like that point and just blacked out i think i have <laughs> especially when coming home from parties and you know all that kind of stuff um you know like not remembering falling asleep so yeah i mean i guess that constitutes as passing out but yeah dude you know i I really consider myself lucky because yeah. there's been plenty of times when I was stupid in my youth that um, I was told that I was driving around all night and mm -hmm. I know that I drove home but literally woke up the next morning and had zero recollection yeah. of any of it. I blew part of my finger off with a firework because I was drinking. I was just held on to the... Something tells me even if you were sober, you would have done it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Josh, your finger's on fire. What? Do you have a, uh, do you have a worst experience with alcohol? Nah. Um, yeah, just like what I told you. Like, a few years ago, I went down a... I was going through a rough patch, and I was drinking a lot. And I think that's probably probably the worst... I've been I'm drinking like a bottle of wine a week, a bottle of whiskey a week, some Tangeray, Tangeray and tonic. Like a bottle of wine a night. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I love wine though. Yeah. I don't know if we got to that point with alcohol, but that's what I was gonna say. You're like, well, what do you drink now? And I, I was telling you. Yeah, I drink wine. I drink wine. I love wine. I like red wine. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I I I don't mind a white if it's all there is, but I prefer red yeah what do you like what do you like you like a merlot i do i do like a merlot <laughs> merlot yeah yeah i just wanted to see if I you know. pronounce the merlot i know 
<laughs> you like a shibliss? No. <laughs> I'll give you a shibliss. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Right on your forehead. All right. <laughs> What's the next topic, I'm, Josh? I'm a cider guy, too. I like ciders. We're going to go into... Uh, we were just talking about alcohol. I know. Oh, yeah. Alcohol was the first topic, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. All right. We're skipping around, remember? Uh, are, are, are we? I think so. No. We, we talked about our first... We talked about our best, and we talked about our worst. I think so. So I think we can check alcohol off the list. So what's going to be next? We need to flip a coin. Is it going to be uh, the subject of women and dating and all the yeah, such? Yeah, let's, let's do or that. Let's get it out of the way. Are we going to go into the being in a band? Yeah, we'll do the band stuff later. I all right. I think there's a few people out there that like to hear music stuff. And Well... Here's what we can go on. Um, <laughs> I didn't get to tell this story last week. I attempted to. All right. Uh, if anybody remembers last week's podcast, at the very end, uh, there's some like bonus footage that was uh, from another uh, take of last week. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that was the attempt at me to tell this story. <laughs> I would like to attempt to tell the audience once again this story without commercial interruption. All right. Go for it, I guess. All right. The story was, is back in high school, my senior year of high school, mm -hmm. I was walking to the lunchroom up a flight of stairs. And maybe five stairs ahead of me was a gentleman that hailed from Puerto Rico. Okay. A Spanish gentleman. Mm -hmm. And maybe a flight of stairs above him was a Spanish woman. And I observed him try to pick her up. Like, get her phone number. Oh, I thought you were Revealed right. to her that he was interested in her. Mm -hmm. And the way he did it was really unique. He says to her, he goes, um... And I'm just paraphrasing here, okay? <laughs> he says to her, he goes, yo, baby. He's like, you, he's like, you are looking good. He's like, you're looking good. Yeah. And she turns around, and I'm fully expecting her to be like, what? Slap, you know? Slap across. Right. But she, <laughs> but she doesn't. She oh. turns around, and she goes, yeah? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> You're looking good. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that works. Like, I was expecting the slap uh -huh. doing it like that. But he didn't. She was like, she was digging it. And I was like, I was fascinated by it. Nice. So I finally make my way to my lunch table with all my buddies. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling my buddies what I just saw. And they're amazed by my uh, story as well. And just as I'm finishing up the story, this beautiful young lady comes walking up to our uh, lunch table. I've never seen her before. And I decided to, I decided to put this pickup method the technique. into play. I decided <laughs> to test it for myself. So she walks up to the table and I said, yo, baby. I said, you're looking good. I said, do you got a boyfriend? And she's like, no. <laughs> just, she just looks at me like, no. It, you know, and that's all there was to it. You know, she just, you know, said no, and she just took off. She instantly fell in love with you? 
Well, not at first, <laughs> because she didn't give me the same response that the Spanish gentleman got. Uh -huh. Because the girl was like, yeah, but she was like, no, you know. Uh -huh. But fast forward to maybe an hour later, I'm in a study hall in the uh, library, yeah. and one of her friends knows me. She was from my street. And uh, she says, hey, you remember that girl that you talked to at lunch? She's like, she thinks you're hot. And I'm <laughs> like, well, that's great because I think she's hot too. Uh -oh. And uh, we ended up going out for two and a half years. Nice. She's, so she just had some, needed some time to think about it. That method actually worked. Nice. It worked for the Spanish gentleman and it worked for me. And the girl that I ended up, you know, going out with ended up being like, like the, the, the girl that every guy wanted nice. by the time she, you know because she was a freshman and i was a senior and uh by the time she got to her sophomore junior year like every dude in the school was lusting over her and i was still young and i was you know a little jealous yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> i've gotten over that but i was also you know 18 years have, old have you tried that in later on in life i haven't but considering nothing else is working i think i need to go back to yeah, it give it a whirl but I don't know. Ladies, does that work? <laughs> if I were to go up to you, let's say, uh, but, you know, this was in school and we were yeah. young. You know, if I were to go up to a lady in like a, <laughs> you know, in a nightclub or at a bar or maybe in a grocery store. Yeah, groceries. And be like, yo, baby, you looking good. Go to the shoe store. I don't think she'd be receptive to that. She might. I think I would be stopped at baby. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, baby. She'd be like, baby, who are you calling baby? You chauvinistic pig. <sighs> That's probably what would happen. Maybe. But yeah. I'd give it a whirl. That crazy method, as crazy as I thought it was, it ended up working. So, viva la Puerto Rico. <laughs> I grew up with a uh, lot of people. Um, from my high school days that hail from puerto rico and uh i love my puerto rican friends so if, so if we have any uh puerto rican um uh viewers fans thank you we love you uh muchos gracias nice i love uh my i love my spanish people puerto rico anywhere puerto rico spain mexico i like spanish food i love spanish i love spanish everything i love speaking spanish pork uh pork 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 the Swedish chef. <laughs> you like my shirt? Nice. Bastin. With a shamrock. You need a four-leaf clover, though. Some luck on you. It's the Celtics friggin' uh... Yeah, I know. It's actually... No, you don't know. It's just a clover. It's not the Celtics. This guy's got no idea. I hate basketball. This guy doesn't know about sports. No. Nope. He watches the Patriots and goes, <clears throat> Who hit a home run? Nah. He watches the Red Sox and says, who scored the goal? <laughs> Back to dating. I think in my, my first uh, experience, I think I was 11 years old, this, uh, this girl named Jen. Your cousin? No, not my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, I'd slap you. But, uh, Why yeah. can't you just laugh? You know I'm busting your Yeah. Just relax. I'm, I'm relaxed. I no, was, you're I was not. laughing. I was giggling. No, you weren't. <laughs> nah, but, uh, she was a new girl in school, so <laughs> she got picked on a lot. I was, I got picked on a lot, too, when I was a kid, so. 
you know, what are you giggling at, you little schoolgirl? Me, 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 me. Go ahead. Are you done? <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she was. She lived about maybe two or three miles away from me, and we always used to not hook up, but like we'd ride bikes together and stuff. So, two we were, we were t- kids back then. It was just innocent stuff. We'd go fishing and stuff like that. It was cool. She moved. She moved to. Uh, she moved to Florida like the year after, so I was a little brokenhearted. At eleven. At eleven, lost my buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't remember dating at eleven or twelve. It wasn't really dating. It was just like you know, just hanging out, kid stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like something you'd see on like Stranger Things, you hop on a bike and yeah. Because at that point, you know, you haven't really hit puberty, no, so it, just, it doesn't matter whether yeah. it's girl or boy. It you know it you know or kids don't look at that kind of stuff. She kissed me on the cheek and stuff like that. It was cool. Ooh. Ooh. That would be my home run right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, I'm sorry. She had to move away, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. It's all good. I'm sure she's married and has kids and has a wonderful life now. So, I think my first date wasn't until 14. Ow. You hear that pop? Yeah. That was my kneecap. <laughs> You're big sloppy, man. I know. I'm falling apart. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Because you're an expert at this, apparently. Uh, I, I guess, apparently. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you're, okay, evidently, okay? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's a good thing Judge Wapner or Judy isn't a part of this podcast. Okay. I watch Judge Judy at the gym. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Jerry Springer, too? No, just Judge Judy. Just Judge Judy. Um, all right. <laughs> So this has always been a phenomena that, um, you know, I never used to get, but I still find is hilarious, you know, with the online dating. All right. Um, you know a little bit about that, don't you? I'm still new at it. I mean, I've been doing it for a little bit, not long. All right. Because I dabbled in it when I was young, but I haven't used it in many, many, many not years. not too fond of it. Um, I, the last time I think I used it was when I moved to Charleston, South Carolina back in 04 because we really didn't know too many people, Mm -hmm. you know, I met people through work and out at bars and stuff, but you know, I thought another way to make friends and meet women would be through like match.com that kind of stuff. Back then, uh, you know, you could search for compatible mates with a variety of different search criteria, Mm -hmm. like body type was one. You know, ethnicity, height, you know, anything. You could narrow it down. Is it is it still like that? Because I, what my point is I'm getting at is that the category of body type, mm-hmm. okay? I understand for somebody who's um, could be construed as being, uh, you know, above average weight, All right. might be sensitive or unwilling to hit the checkbox when filling out their profile that you know they are yeah but what what always used to get me and i love this because it really dumbs it down like like it's no big deal you know (laughs) but 
back when I was doing this stuff, this is like the early 2000s, like Match.com, they had Slim or Slender, then they had Athletic or Average, yeah. then they had the category that was above average, and that was a few extra pounds. Yeah. A few extra pounds was the next step up from average or yeah. normal or whatever category it was. And then it was overweight, and then it might have been one more mm -hmm. above that, right? Now, when I would do a search, okay, not to be shallow, okay, but, you know, if I'm searching out somebody to be in a relationship with mm -hmm. you know i um i'm into girls that are more of the athletic uh, slender thin side yeah kind of like me they have a active no that would be your slender do they still have the few extra pounds they have uh like what are the current pc it's, it's active occasionally active or not at all active Okay, so they don't even mention body type. They just mention how active you are. Yeah, I think... Uh, because there, you can be 300 pounds and be active. Yeah, I'm 300 pounds and active. There you go. So, so okay. So, yeah, back in my day, I guess, you could search based on if you wanted slender or average or athletic yeah, or a few extra pounds. But my point is that... The amount of people that should have checked the overweight box but couldn't bring themselves to do it so they just checked the few extra pounds box yeah. and i'm thinking a few extra pounds means if you're average weight if you're a lady for this age group or whatever should be this and it's supposed to be let's say 140 mm -hmm. you weigh 142 that would be a few extra wouldn't it it's not all about the weight john yeah, but I'm just saying. You can't judge a book by its cover. You understand what I'm saying, though? <laughs> yeah, you had people that were more than a few yeah. extra pounds checking the few extra pounds there, box. I think there's people on there that are just lazy and they don't update it, so it's, no, it's an no, old account. No, no, I just think that if you are actually overweight and yeah. you are self-conscious of the fact that you are overweight, like I used to be, yeah. it's really difficult to admit to the world and yourself by hitting that checkbox that, yes, I am more than a few extra pounds. I'm, you know, but I guess you don't even... That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Like, they don't want to shame people now who are on dating sites. Yeah, I guess not. Like, man. that's how hands-off they have to be. They want it more. Are you active or not active, or are you super active? Like, that's, like, literally the level. They're all about the user number. Man. So, okay. So, okay. Um, okay. So, Josh, let me ask you a question. All right, sure. So, uh, you don't... Are, are you trying to say in a mate that uh, you don't care about uh, size or weight or body type? Not really. I, I kind of, I'm looking for somebody like who's honest and not shady, you know, so. Well, we're all looking for that. Yeah. But, you know, most of us men are looking for the Victoria's Secret model that yeah, also has those same attributes, yeah. right? But those women, I, w I want to say they're few and far between. Very but few and far between. No, there's plenty of them out there. It's just they're all taken. And they're usually with... Yeah, or they have high expectations. A guy that really doesn't deserve them. Yeah, or they have high expectations. With like, like me. Like I'm a guy that deserves them. They want somebody with rippling muscles and beautiful long hair. Men like Fabio. 
I don't know. I don't know either. One of the biggest contradictions I think I've ever heard, and I will argue with any woman about this, is that I've heard women say this countless amounts of times. Were you just giving me a signal? No, I was itching my leg. Okay, I thought you were trying to give me some like this secret. Is a sig- this is a signal right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a signal. <sighs> Am I drinking the appropriate amount for this week's podcast, yeah, Josh? You're, you're, do- you're doing good. You're not a camel this week. You're not nursing on your little bottle. This guy says to me, I think you should drink less water this week on the podcast. Yeah. Dude, if I'm thirsty, you I'm, a, I'm talking for an hour. You had a bottle stuffed in your mouth every time I looked at you. Well, maybe like that's maybe that's because I'm hoping that you'll do something that'll make me spit it out. Oh. I'm hoping to go, you know, against the uh, "don't swallow while Josh is talking" mentality. Against the green. Yeah. Maybe an airplane. It's either an airplane or there's an approaching nuclear missile that's about to take us out. It's North Korea. I think. <laughs> yeah. You know. Maybe. So. Uh, Not my president. Back to dating. Back to dating. Um, no. Okay. So. Um, so. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. So you're honestly don't. Okay. I'm, no, I'm attracted to somebody. Who wants, you know, who wants to be with me. So I, I don't really consider a weight being a problem. Okay. Unless, but, unless it's... Okay, so even though you can't put a body type into current dating if, sites... If they're breathing heavy, nah. Okay. I'm not good with that. Yeah, okay. But let's say... Okay, people. <laughs> let's get real for a second, sure. okay? You know... Um, there's been beautiful women that I've met that were thin mm-hmm. and just, you know, seem to have everything. And then you get to know them, they open their mouth, and they're just such horrible people yeah. that when you look at them from them on, they don't look as attractive. Right. right? And that goes the other way, too. There's been women that yeah. I've seen that I wasn't like, whoa, they're hot. I just looked at them, you know, just didn't really notice and then started talking to them. And then they end up being so cool that they slowly start turning into being like physically attractive. Yeah, like sh- make- shallow hell, man. Yeah. Well, no, it's not like shallow hell because no? if shallow hell knew what she looked like from the beginning, he wouldn't have been there. Right. It's not like shallow hell. The opposite of shallow hell. Leave the. He fell in love with her at the end, though. Yeah, it's also a movie. Yeah, it was all right. Life don't life doesn't end up like the movies, Josh. We we know that. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, uh, you got any more dating experiences? Did you know that we are the only animals to pull out? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd that come from? It's just it's true. Or- human beings we are animals yeah we are i I guess we're at the top of the food chain uh but yeah we are the only animals that use the withdrawal method huh yeah Uh, where'd you get that research from it's just it's just the it's just one of those little known you know facts of the day all right it's good to know i guess (laughs) 
You're so dry, dude. <laughs> so, what else? Are you trying any of these dating sites or no? No. Why not? Um, because, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I can't really, I don't know. Maybe I should. Yeah, just get out and talk to somebody. Or maybe somebody watching the podcast thinks I'm cute. I doubt it. Hit me up, playboy. There's only three people watching. I'm joking. <laughs> no, you're probably, probably, you're probably accurate. <laughs> probably three guys, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about being in a band for a minute, man. Oh, we're all done with dating? Well, yeah, man, because you're, because you're looking at me over there like I'm fucking Santa Claus or uh, something. Like you're a deer caught in the headlights. No, I got plenty of stuff written down. Well, go for it. About dating. I was waiting on you. Uh, waiting on me to do what? I don't know. Dude, what is that tattoo? I, I got nothing written. On your forearm. Which one? This the one? other one. This one or this one? That one. What's wrong with it? I didn't say anything was wrong with it. Just asking what it is. Okay, I think I'm discovering what it is. It, it's a, it's a fish. Sure, it's a fish. It's the uh, Philadelphia Flyers yeah. logo. Close. It's a bird, man. It's a bird. Yeah, it's my one of my grandma's favorite birds. It's a plane. You're dissing my tattoo. I'm not dissing it. I just didn't know what think, it was. I think you and me are gonna have a fight later. <laughs> <laughs> gonna rage out, domestic dispute. I've already had one of those. Why? Because you had one Zima? Yeah. You know? Let's talk about bands then and fights and stuff like that. We're going down that road. That gave you a... Uh, <laughs> that one cider you had gave you a uh, some beer muscles? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Being in a band, uh, that's, that's the only <laughs> way I can describe it. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it to people. It's literally, you know, everybody thinks that they're the leader of the band everybody wants to write the songs and get the credit you know everybody has different ideas of the way the song goes of the way the promoting should goes mm -hmm. of how much the band should make of who should you know so having to balance four or five however many people in are in the band's personalities is crazy and people's feelings get hurt fights break out um, it's a lot of friction, man. Uh, you and I were in a band yeah. where our lead singer got angry at me one night. No surprise. I tend <laughs> to bring out that reaction in people. I got angry at you a few times, I think. Yeah, I tend to bring that out in people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wise ass. And uh, even though it's always intended to be comedic, yeah. sometimes it doesn't get taken comedically. And uh, I apologize. I'm trying. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, for the life of me, remember what I said. But it triggered her to push me physically off of a bar stool before we went on stage. And... Um, I believe as we were walking up to the stage, mm -hmm. she somehow had pictures of when I had gotten into a car accident. I was hit head-on by a drunk driver. Oh, go back to drinking? Yeah. I was hit head-on by a drunk driver maybe six months before that, and she somehow had the pictures of my car in her hand. Wow. 
I don't know why or how she had them. I might have brought them to a rehearsal one time to show you guys yeah. how messed up my car got and how I probably should have died in the accident. I think you did. I think you did. But anyway, she happened to have the pictures. And this was after she pushed me off the bar stool. We're going up on stage about the play. And she throws the pictures at me of my car accident and says, you should have died in that accident. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. She was a little angry. <laughs> Um, obviously, we say things sometimes yeah. and do things that we don't mean to do out of anger. You know, that I guess that's the definition of being triggered. Mm -hmm. Just pulling the trigger just because, you know, you just want to kind of just, you know, yeah. with, you know, when when the smart thing to do is uh, take a deep breath and deescalate. Uh, I was having a conversation with somebody about that recently, about deescalating. Hmm. It might have been, uh, it was one of my buddies. We were talking about what if a person came up and did this, or what if you were to experience that, and I would be like, I would de-escalate it. Yeah. I would be the bigger man, you know? If somebody tries coming up to me in public and, you know, pushing me around or saying something that's insulting, I'm just gonna be like, eh, whatever, you know? Yeah. And just walk away, be the bigger man. Why do I have to be like, well, fuck you, you know? Because all that's gonna do is to raise the tension up. You got it. One one of us has to be the bigger man and be like, I'm walking away from this. Right. You know, I don't need to get arrested or get into a fist fight or a, a gun battle. That's a good swivel to one of my stories. When I I got I, I threw down the the band prior to meeting you you guys and joining you up. I uh I almost knocked uh, my guitarist out. I gave him a bloody nose. I think I even broke his nose and uh, my. <laughs> My my drummer was that peacemaker at the time. He got he got. What did this dude do that he, made you so angry? That he, you had he said to something to me about you know about me about my life. He brought my past up and uh, a lot of stuff going on. And I just raged out and I just threw. Was this like while you were practicing? Yeah, we or? were. We just finished jamming in his basement and. He started running his mouth, and I was like, enough, and I just decked him. No and warning or nothing? You didn't say, hey, man, you better uh, shut your mouth. No, or I'm gonna, no warning. I'm going to bop you one. My drummer jumped over his, his kit and just got in between us and said, whoa, whoa. Meanwhile, the dude's pouring out blood out of his nose. He's like, get, the, get out of here, you know? It's like, And that was it. That was the end of my band, or my term with that band. Yeah, that's what happens, man it's 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 freaking crazy <laughs> um i think one of my crazier experiences and i want to wrap this up because i want to keep this podcast under an hour all right and cool. uh what that's fine but i don't want it to be over <laughs> i want to have a i want to go to space and be an astronaut i think we we're running the camera for like 10 minutes before we even kicked yeah it in. it's entirely possible so i think we got another 10 minutes I think I'll decide. All right. All right? All right. You do that. Though. All right, motherfucker. All right. All right? All right. All right. All right. Go have some Girl Scout cookie. Yeah. I'll give you a Girl Scout cookie. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like something like a Dirty Sanchez or something. Yeah. I'll give you a Girl Scout cookie. That was wrong. No, uh, dude, let me tell you about, uh, let me tell you about his story. Is that how the song goes? It was fun playing music with you and, and the other the other bandmates it was fun of course it was <laughs> of course it was <laughs>
<laughs> Such a douche. Such man. an arrogant fucking statement. Yeah, you are. Of you course are. it was. Playing with me was the best. <laughs> no, uh, let me tell you a story, dude. Let me tell you this. Um, you might know this, but other people might not. Um, I was in a in a it was called hardcore but i think they've changed the name of it now to metalcore whatever it was it was it was metal i would say whatever it was Hard, hardcore it was hardcore it was a band called grimlock the band still exists on paper uh you know our our our, our record label knives out i don't think they could see any of that but well, I, I'm I pointing s- it out to you. Oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. Our record label continues to put out albums, but we don't really play shows. We we live all around the world at this point, but we were a touring band at one point. And, uh, I saw you. The last time we toured... Uh, well, no. This story goes back to the first time we toured the country. Um, we were supposed to take um, a older ford like econo line 15 passenger van Mm -hmm. and then we also rented like a penske like a box truck yeah okay the box truck was supposed to be for all the equipment luggage and everything else and then everyone else would be in the van right we get to the the uh band's house that had the van the morning we're supposed to leave for uh like the first show i think was like which was detroit Mm -hmm. and their van doesn't work so what do we do do we cancel the whole friggin tour no hell no show must go on we decide to keep the box van packed with both bands gears yeah and our luggage and everything and we had three people sit up front because that's all you could sit and the other 11 of us were in the back of the box truck <laughs> It's a box truck, Josh. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like a truck that you drag around. Nowhere. But you're not dragging it around. So, yeah, there was no air. There was no light. And that's what we toured the country in for three weeks. Awesome. Yeah. Eleven of us back there. That's smelled good. But what we did is we got smart. Uh, it was a big box truck, so we just stacked all the equipment up against, you know, the the very yeah the nose of the truck the very nose of the truck and then we put a couch in there nice and you know how like the, the trucks have like the uh like the uh like the bars that go across either side all right where yeah. you can hold up shit the load bars the load bars we put up uh, hammocks nice. up there so um we had enough room to where you know we could kind of spread out but we were still laying on top of each other we <laughs> had to shower in uh at rest stops mm-hmm. literally by taking your shirt off i don't know if you've ever i don't know what they call it i think there's a nickname for it where uh you take a shower without actually showering like you like take your shirt off and go to a sink and you just take some soap and you know do this poor man shower do that with your face <laughs> that's what we were doing for three weeks yeah. occasionally we did have enough money after a show to get a hotel room this was 96 Mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally we did have enough money to get a hotel room so we take a shower or we crash at a band's house and we had a place to sleep but eventually we got some tools and you know how on the back of a box truck it's almost like a like a it's like a garage door mm-hmm. so the very top panel when the garage door is shut from the inside we were able to unbolt that so it would so it flapped down yeah so we at least got some air and be, some light that would be a roll-up door yeah so we took the top panel of the roll-up door uh off 
But yeah. Nice. We're all 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, traveling across the country, 11 of us, in the back of a friggin' box truck. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if we were pulled over and the cop had us open the back? Yeah. You've seen 11 people back there that aren't in seatbelts, no light, no air, stinking, <laughs> just, but that's what we did for the love of, yeah, love of music, for man. the love of music, man. Um, on that same tour, I picked up my first groupie ever. <laughs> nice. You imagine, man? What'd you, what'd you do with her? 18 years old. Did you bring her along? 18 years old being in Salt Lake City, Nevada. I think it was Nevada. I think it was Salt Lake City. That's in Utah. Or it was Utah. It was either Utah or Nevada we were in. And, um, you know, it, it, it was nuts being 18 years old, dude, and actually having fans, you know? Yeah. Some of them being women. Yeah. And some of them were hot. We've had, we had fans when we were doing ours. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was the first time that I was, you know, on a tour with a band and saw fans and they were women yes. and they wanted me and i was like okay <laughs> let's go um that's a cool experience dude but i can tell you one of the worst experiences well one of the worst feelings um i don't know about you but my baby is always like my guitars mm -hmm. my guitars are my baby like that acoustic over there i that was my first one I've had that thing built and rebuilt and retooled. I'll never get rid of it. It's my baby. If anything were to happen to that thing, I have that thing insured. Um, that thing's irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. It has sentimental value. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, do you have any bases at home that are sentimental to you? or Not really. I guess I have some broken ones. They're like toothpicks now. Well, I've had a, you know, my guitars or anyone out there that's a musician. If you're a clarinet player, I'm sure you, you love your clarinet, right? <laughs> Whatever your instrument is. Yeah. But I can't tell you, dude, how many times, uh, you know, we would play uh, locally around the Boston area at one of the many clubs around here, right? Then uh, I would go home. I would be drifting off to sleep. And then all of a sudden I would sit straight up in bed and go, oh, shit, I forgot my guitar. <laughs> Because we're close enough to home where the band's not taking a bus there. Yeah. You know? I've never, all, I never had that problem. We're all driving separately with our gear. Yeah. And uh, I think the only thing I had to bring home that wasn't going back to our rehearsal space was, like, my guitar. I would bring that, like, physically home with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were at least two or three times at the local nightclub here that we used to play at a lot that uh, I was home and remembered, oh, my God, like, I don't have my guitar. <laughs> And uh, thankfully, either uh, like all three times I did it, either a band member saw it and took it for me, yeah. or the club still had it and nobody walked off with it. Uh, so I got lucky, man. But like leaving your guitar behind, especially when it's like your baby. It's like your left arm. Oh my God, it's like you left your kid behind. Yeah. Or, or like your wallet and you got credit cards in there and cash and you're like, oh my God, I cannot you know, miss this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I never had any crazy experiences like that. I just, I think probably the worst experience would be just, you know, there's a local place here in town. And, uh, the band room is right across the from the bathroom, and just just smelling the bathroom and watching everybody vomit after. Oh yeah, dude! Some horrible. of the clubs that we went to, the bathrooms. Oh my god! You don't know the level of smell. No, you'd be sticking to the floor. 
it's horrible. I would quote a movie. Well, you don't know any movies, but the uh, but the people at home might. <laughs> if you've ever seen the toilet scene, at, that's at the, pretty much the beginning of Train Spotting. I haven't, I haven't seen it. When he goes into a bathroom because he has to go, and then he drops his uh, heroin in the toilet. <laughs> that scene, dude. Uh, I don't know. You've never seen the movie, but anyone that has seen it, that's what these bathrooms yeah. looked like. They were terrible. But anyways, man, that's all the time that we have for this week. I hope you've enjoyed us talking a little bit about women and dating and, uh, you know, bands and alcohol and stuff like that. Uh, you don't know. Maybe next week uh, we'll get back into more of it because I have a lot more stuff here. Josh has some stuff written yeah, down. We didn't get the half of what I had. Well, what do you want me to do, man? The people probably stopped watching 55 yeah. minutes ago. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do it next week or another day. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you going to be around next week? What's Is it Thanksgiving week? No, it's the week before Thanksgiving week. I think I'm going to be around still. <sighs> nice. That, that was, was a good burp. That was beautiful. Oh, I feel so much better now. That'll pick up a lot of people. Dude, tell me a story quick. Come on. I don't have anything. I just told you. You said that like a, like a, like an hour ago, too. You had all these notes, um, that you, and you looked like you were pissed off that you didn't yeah. get to them. And then I'm like, all right, go ahead. And I don't got nothing. When was the first time you, uh, you bought beer on your own when you were 21? Oh, no. I, uh, I was developing uh, a lot of weird things. And, uh, you know, to get into this party we had to get a we had to get a keg yeah and uh my buddy <clears throat> like a teen wolf my buddy <laughs> uh he he didn't know uh he went into the store he tried to get a keg and mm -hmm. he didn't so i went into the store to get a keg and uh you know the old man looked at me and he's like no way get out of here and uh then my eyes turned red and i said give me <laughs> A keg of beer. Of beer. <laughs> um, that's a classic. That was a good one. Oh my god, that movie's not talked about enough. It's not seen enough. Uh, I was fourteen when I walked in and got beer. Yes, there. Uh, you know, everybody uh, ends up knowing. Whoa, 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 whoa! Sorry, I'm playing with the buttons here, people. You're just messing everything up. You know, saying the word buttons just made me think. You want to hear something funny, dude, to end the show off with? It's yeah. got nothing to do with anything we've been talking about. Push my buttons. I think I've already done that enough today. A little bit. Um, <laughs> you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> a little bit. Ah, oh, dude. All right. All right. So Get on with it. There's a family that I grew up with um, that uh, had a very unique name for the remote control to the television. The remote control of the television was like the uh, Ark of the Covenant in their house. It was the most sacred like possession they had. It should be in every house. And uh, they called it the buttons. Nice. That's funny. Like, who's got the buttons? <laughs> who's got the buttons? <laughs> Where's the buttons? Mom, I can't find the buttons. Where's the buttons? <laughs> yeah, the buttons. And I That's was funny. like. And I was like, where did you guys come up with the buttons? And, and, and just so simplistically, I believe it was my buddy or his father was just like, it's a bunch of buttons. Yeah. The, the buttons. Where's the buttons? The buttons. The buttons. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's so, good, man. Yep. First and only family I've ever heard refer to their thing other than, uh, you know, the TV remote. Clicker. The clicker. 
whatever. They called it the buttons. The thingy. And speaking of the buttons, this has been episode number 58 of the Views from the John podcast. I'm John. He's Josh. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. If you could please, for the love of God, hit the like, hit the subscribe, something, anything to help us out. Please. I should have mentioned. I need to get home before I turn into a pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Um, Thank you so much. Again, I'm John, and he's Josh, and we'll talk to you guys next week with episode uh, 59. Or I don't know. He might not be here. I don't know. I'll be here. Okay. See you next week. We'll see you next week, everybody. Remind me. I joked with you and said, I guess I must have pushed your buttons to your your (laughs) (laughs) What did I do, dude? (laughs) Everything I do on this fucking podcast is just to bust your balls. I know. I don't know. I remind. I forget what you uh, you busted me on. Exactly. You told me. To, you told me to write down a bunch of stuff, so I wrote down a bunch of stuff. And then the two times I told it to go, and you're just yap yap yap, yapping yapping. Well, it is the views from the John podcast. It is. It is. I, I know. I let you go. Talk a lot. But dude, I did give you two separate opportunities to continue on with your stories. And you're like, I don't got nothing. I don't got nothing. But you obviously got something. Now you're obviously upset that we didn't get to it. <laughs> what do you got, dude? I don't got no. Nah. It's too late. It ain't too late. It's too late. And quit clicking that. Sorry. I'm out. Can I see what you wrote down? Nah, it's nothing much. Well, can, let me see it. <laughs> no, I can't. Why? Because. Let me see it, dude. No, there's nothing there. Look. I have no recollection of that. Yeah, probably because you were <laughs> ripping. It's probably because you hit me in the head and it knocked me out. No. No, I don't. I, I, I've been hit in the head several times, man. Yeah. I just thought that's what guys do around here.